Spielberg or Indiana Jones? Probably. No, uh, uh, Indian Indian Willie. Ah, good old Willie. Couldn't stand each other. Anyways, welcome, people. We are here to talk about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, a movie that gets a lot of hate. And uh, yeah. I think more we watch it, every time I watch it, and especially when I'm really trying to pick apart and see more depth into it, I just like it more and more. I think it's tied with Raiders for me now. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I, I like think it. I like it as much as I like Raiders now. Well, not as much I mean, as Last Crusade, but. Well, this is the film that introduced me to Indiana Jones. It wasn't Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, that wasn't the first one I watched. I'm pretty sure the first one I watched was uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, very possibly. Because I, I know that this was the last one that I saw, and I'm like, what is this? What is this? What is it? Welcome, everybody. Today we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. This movie came out in 1984. The director was Steven Spielberg. Uh, the writers uh, was George Lucas. Uh, he wrote the story, and the screenplay was written by Gloria Katz and Willard Hayek. <sighs> And uh, it, star- <laughs> it stars Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, Cape Catshaw as uh, Willie Scott, uh, Kihui Kwan as Short Round, Amrish Puri as Mola Ram, uh, Roshan Seth as, how do you say that, Shatar Lal? Sure. <laughs> Philip Stone as Captain Blumbert, and many more. Um, so, do you, as you said this is the first one that you saw. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about short round. Mm-hmm. Well, here before we get into that, let's talk about our, our our little top six thing that we're doing. Okay. Okay. So today we're not doing anything kind of like a top five or top ten. We're just ranking his companions, I guess, on like our favorite companions of of indies. Yeah. And the one they're the ones we're talking about the ones that have been most loyal and helpful to him throughout the movies. Mm-hmm. Even though one of these, a particular blonde we'll be talking about in this movie, didn't really help except maybe once. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So um who's your number six companion? Willie Scott. Okay. Yeah. Mine's close. Mine's Marcus, just because he didn't even have a whole movie to himself. Yeah. And he was really there just for Indy to talk to mm-hmm. at the beginning as, as like, your your scholarly uh, anchor. That That's what anchors Indy to the, you know, scholarly world mm-hmm. or his, his teaching life or whatever. So I did Marcus for number six, but I did, uh, for number five, I did Willie Scott, which is was your number six, or your number six. What was your number five? Uh, Marcus. Okay, so yeah. basically the same thing, switched around. Uh, any particular reason for that? Just Willie Scott's really annoying. Yeah, she doesn't really do anything throughout the entire film. She doesn't really help him or... No. He's just saving her the entire time. Yeah. Um, okay, who's your number four? My number four probably would be... Hmm. Probably, it's probably going to be Marion. Yeah. I have her a little bit higher. Um, my number four is number is Sala. Yeah. And it's, you know, we see him in a couple movies, but again, it's one of those things like, and he's very helpful and, you know, he helps Cindy out of a, a tight spot a couple times, but, 
you know, really he's kind of like his archaeological anchor to to the field work that he does. You know, you got Marcus back in the the uh, uh, academic, you know, anchor academic world as professor life. This is out in the field, out and out, you know, because he's helping Indy. You know, he helped them stay alive in in Cairo last time. Well, Salah was my first. So, oh, if yeah. Salah's near number one, yeah, okay, I'd because just help helpful. Yeah, you know. he was one of those ones that were truly uh, faithful to Indy. Yeah, yeah, true companion. Um, that was my number four, and you said your number four was uh, oh, Marion. Oh, Marion. Okay, uh, which number three? Henry Jones. Okay, uh, I have number three. I have short round as number three. Yeah, uh, he's awesome. I, I well, we're going to talk more about him, but he's great. Henry Jones didn't really help indy that much like i mean he he was always trying to teach him lessons and it was like bad times to teach somebody yeah. lessons it's just you should be helpful at this point because it's like life and death you know it's not like a a lesson or it's not like a uh being in a classroom like henry jones had a bad problem of rather teaching you know india a, a lesson rather than you know just trying to get out of the situation and then teaching the lesson later yeah yeah yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, I got I, personally, I put Henry Jones as my number one, but really? it's only because I like their journey together. Yeah. The, their journey from how they start out to how they end up at the end of the movie. Yeah, but it's not and how the relationship changes. And don't talk, don't talk about it too much because, yeah. Know. But what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, I was like, you know, the, with the list, it was supposed to be like, you know, how they, how helpful they yeah, were. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. For me, it was like like I put him on number one because uh, I feel like he helped Indy be more. Secure. I'll have to explain it more when yeah. we talk about it. But uh, I'm guessing your number two short round. Mm-hmm. Okay, he actually tries. He saves their lives quite a few times. He does. He's very helpful. Mm-hmm. He's probably actually the most helpful to Indy yeah. throughout these. He had. He was only in one movie, but he saved Indy's life. Like like. Or at least helped him get away or whatever. At least like four or five times. And Willie's too. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Marion just because, you know, it's obviously they were meant to be together. You know, they were made, you know, Willie Scott, not at all. But no. uh, Marion and him were definitely, he, she was the right m- amount of tough for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and was, you know, liked to go out in the field and do things and everything. But, you know, she could give back just as good as she got from him and mm-hmm. everything. And then your number one is uh, Sala, you said? Yeah. Okay. My number one was Henry Jones. Cool. I like your picks. It's uh, That's one uh, one round that we actually didn't get any yeah. at the same. Willie Scott and Marcus were close. Yeah. But. All right. So, what do you like about this movie? Well, it kind of brings me back again. Memories of when I first watched it, you know, when I was a kid and and how it probably it pretty much terrified me probably when I was a kid at first yeah you know? I didn't even yeah, realize how horrifying now, oh, yeah. it is until it's pretty we dark. watched it this time and we watched it with our boys yeah exactly and we were like dang it's kind of dark uh huh <laughs> especially like right from the moment that um he hears the screaming yeah and goes to investigate and everything mm-hmm. and with him getting you know possessed and then him and short round getting whipped and it's mm-hmm. yeah very very dark very dark it didn't didn't lighten up again until you know he came to his senses punched mm-hmm. it in, and then his music started and you know that tense <laughs> chanting building music that john williams <laughs> yeah. does anybody want to says that you know say that john williams you know just has fun adventure exciting music you mm-hmm. know listen to the 
listen to the soundtrack that he did for this right. this movie with all the chanting and evil <laughs> craziness. So, um, so here's here's my thing about Temple of Doom. <clears throat> I think it's a very special movie in that it gives an arc to Indy that actually gets us to a place where you understand his respect for relics mm-hmm. and not for financial gain. Yeah. Um, and and being that it's a sequel, you can see how he was, uh, you know, about money and fame, fortune and glory, kid, fortune and glory. You know, he had that quote, um, and I believe he was like that until his time in the t- in, in Temple of Doom changed him for the better. Well, it's actually kind of not a sequel; it's a more of a prequel. Well, it is a prequel. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Is that being that it's a pre- <clears throat> pre- prequel, you can see how he's he used to be all about the money and fame, fortune yeah. and glory, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Temple changed him, I think, for the better. It taught him respect for sacred relics. Mm-hmm. You know, he saw with that village, and and even at the end, he's like, I understand its power now. Yeah. And you know, so and he wasn't talking about supernatural power, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, but but the sacredness of the relic and what it means for a community or whatever. Um, you know, and his, you know, it belongs in a museum mentality that he yeah. has in the next movie. You know, he understands that, you know, if it's not being used by a civilization, civilization, we should put it in a museum so everybody right. can share it. But this, this particular stone will still be in used by this village and the civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he was a guy in the beginning that was all about money and fame, yeah. right? And this is something you and I mentioned when we were outside before this movie, um, <clears throat> That might have helped drive a wedge between Indy and his father. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. we see that wedge being driven. And, you know, we know his father is very serious, and religious, religious yeah. and scholarly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, if, if, I just think that it might have drived it, you know, and there's some other things we understand, and we'll talk more about that next episode. Yeah. But, but that could have been, you know, a contributing factor. He didn't respect Indiana for how Indiana. Um, went about his archaeology you know i just think this movie is just layered with so much character motivation and and connecting outcomes you know i think it's just pivotal to include this every time you watch Mm -hmm. these movies to better understand indie because it's the connection that you need between what we see in you know uh, the last crusade when he's a kid and he's you know just adventuring for the adventure of it um versus how he is in Raiders and the last part of The Last Crusade where, you know, you have more respect for the mm-hmm. relics or whatever. Yeah. You have to watch this to understand that he did have his womanizing times. You know, George Lucas finally got his womanizing James Bondish Indiana Jones, right? Because yeah. uh-huh. he was closer to Han Solo in this movie than he was to Indiana Jones. You know, he yeah. was like a, a little bit of a scoundrel, you know, and a well, woman. that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like a, a younger version of him, you know, yeah. like where it just kind of seemed in the last one in Raiders that he was a little bit older and a little bit more mature. Yeah, because that took place, well, it's only a year later. But, but still, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah. In, a, in a weird way. And it's like, it's like we see in Raiders happens to be the first one that we actually see, but in the in chronological order, it's the second one. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like he seems like you know he he matures, and it's kind of backwards, right? Because yeah. if you watch the first part of the Last Crusade, you get to see him as a kid mm-hmm. for like the good first fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah. We get to see him adventure and go on a chase, and then we run into his dad. You don't actually get to see his face, but I mean, you get to meet his dad and see how he was, mm-hmm. and you get to see kind of how Indiana got a taste for that adventuring, yeah. and then. And then it jumps into, it flashes forward to when he's an adult and where, you know, mm-hmm. 
six years after the first movie or whatever. But yeah. if you watch it, it's like you got you, you should to watch it in chronological order. You should watch the first part of Last Crusade first, yeah. then Temple of Doom, uh-huh. and then Raiders. Yeah, that's the chronological order. You're watching it backwards, and then you go back to Last Crusade and watch the rest of the movie because that takes place after Raiders. And and I and I enjoy you know Raiders. I enjoy Temple of Doom, but it's like you know it's almost like I want to go ahead and get into Last Crusade because that that's the masterpiece. <laughs> you know what I mean of Indiana Jones. That's the masterpiece. It doesn't seem to have changed you this watching Temple this time. I'm sure no. you've noticed more of an excitement with me with Temple. Yeah. It's better than Raiders. Don't get me wrong. Like, okay, so you I, I do, do like, like it better than, than Raiders. Raiders. It just seems like again, you know, you just you know, like oh, okay, there's lots of Raiders that you like, and then there's lots of Temple of Doom, but it's like you know the masterpiece of Indiana Jones is definitely the last crusade and and you just keep going back to that and like man there's so many good scenes in this film in that film yeah, and like there's in in Raiders with the action and stuff it's all about the set pieces right the yeah. rolling boulder you know the uh, the tank chase the airplane fight or not the that that wasn't a tank chase the tank chases in last crusade yeah the um, in Raiders, it was the the truck chase mm-hmm. and uh, the plane fight and the rolling ball, yep. you know. And then you had like moments in between. <clears throat> Temple of Doom is like nothing but action from beginning mm-hmm. the the first the first act, right? Yeah. Nothing but action mm-hmm. until you get to India, mm-hmm. and then the second act starts, and we get a little bit of exposition. Half of half of the second act is exposition. And then half of the second act is him being brainwashed and all that kind of stuff. We really go into the evilness. Of it. Yeah. But I mean, right from then on, we really just get into a ride where mm-hmm. it's he's being he's being brainwashed and they're lowering Willie into the fire and you know then there's the minecart chase and then the bridge scene and it's just like nonstop action after that. Yeah. So you only have like a to rest, take a breath. Really, mm-hmm. is that first part of Act Two. So there just seems to be more action in this movie. Yeah. And with the action, it's it's darker. It's the darkest of all of them. But mm-hmm. I think it's the funniest. It's got so much humor in it. Now, I haven't seen Last Crusade in a while, and I remember yeah. it being funny. I just don't know which one is funnier until I watch it. Well, again. it's funny because the dad's funny. Because it's like it's like any, any person, right? The, going the on an Indiana adventure around his dad yeah right? yeah going on an adventure and bringing your dad along you know what i mean yeah. it'd be like going on to some crazy adventure somewhere around the world junior yeah and just bringing your father along you know what i mean and and you know if your father happened to be an archaeologist junior like yourself yeah yes sir yes sir <laughs> it's pretty funny yeah but i mean this movie was just oh my gosh it was so funny you know there's two dead people in here. There's going to be two dead people in here. <laughs> we are going to die. <laughs> it's so funny. And yeah. the way that they interact and how they just do not like each other. And Short Round is hilarious every time he's on screen. Yeah, because this was his debut, right? Yeah, he did this before Goonies. Yeah. So he was he was. But short it's round. almost kind of like the same character in a way. You know, like... Like it could be the dad and then the son, you know, like he could be the son and, you know, like short round could be the dad. And it's kind of like the same person, you know, with, with both these films. He's he's just very, uh, resourceful and, you know, can get himself out of a jam. Yeah. Resourceful and mature beyond his years. Yeah. Well, (laughs) smart beyond his years. Right. That is, you know, so, 
Um, so Steven Spielberg's actually come out and said, you know, that this is this is his least favorite film, of course. Yeah. Um, and it was it was not liked by a lot of parents. Um, you know, they they took their their kids to see this movie, thinking it was going to be another adventure movie like the first one, and it was a very dark movie with yeah. cults and human sacrifices and severed fingers and pulled out hearts and eating all kinds of nasty stuff. I mean, it was just dark, dark and bloody. Yeah. So um, this, in conjunction with Gremlins, came out in the same year. Um, both of those movies, who were kind of marketed towards kids as well, uh, those two movies, they uh, they are what what uh, gave us the PG thirteen rating yeah. because uh, they were both rated PG, and parents had an outcry because they felt it was too violent to have a PG rating, but not quite violent enough to have an R rating. So they decided to make one that's in between, so that. Some kids could see it, so they could see these movies, yeah. but not younger kids. Yeah, and you know what's weird about it, too, is that, like, there's a lot of things in there. It seems like it crosses some sort of, like, different types of religions and things like that. You know, like, like for instance, I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think, like, the whole voodoo doll is part of Indian mythology. Is it? Um, I'm not sure. That's a good question. You know, because he broke out the voodoo doll, and I was like, what? I was like, that just doesn't, you know, I mean, again, I'm basing this off of movies and TV shows that, that you see these kind of things. I'm not an expert in it whatsoever, you know, but, you know, it just kind of seems like it's kind of like crossing religions on that one, you know, or crossing beliefs. Yeah. Uh, voodoo represents a, a syncretism of the West African voodoo religion and Roman Catholicism by the descendants of the... Uh, let's see groups, yeah. So mainly Western Africa, yeah, which is completely different. Uh, and then you know, really made popular in the New World in New Orleans and yeah. stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that's very different than India. I don't know. Yeah, and, and it's kind of weird because if you look at it, like you know, it's trying to say that you know this is kind of like Indian culture, and I don't know if it is. I mean, like Shiva and stuff like that. You know, I know that that's definitely part of it you know indian culture and things like that and and but you know it's like I, I doubt that you had a bunch of evil people like stealing people's hearts in india back well in the day. they uh the they wanted to film in india and india said you know the government and stuff they wanted to read the script and they didn't like it and they didn't they felt it didn't represent their culture yeah. so right on on, I get on, that. on point on that with you um, so they went and did it in Sri Lanka, yeah. and that's that's where this is based on. Well, because if you if you notice, short uh, short round actually says Lanka. Yeah, he's talking about a place, you know, and so he's like Lanka. Yeah, yeah, I saw the Lanka part. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so Steven Spielberg obviously is like you know the I, I was meant to do that movie because I met my wife. You know the the person that would eventually yeah. be my wife after that because he is Steven Spielberg married Kate Catshaw who played Willie Scott in this movie, um, but he said you know there wasn't he actually said there wasn't an ounce of me put in that film, <coughs> yeah. and really where the darkness came from was George Lucas uh, when when they first agreed to do this movie and you know we talked in the last movie how they were in Hawaii talking about this right right when right, the, right, uh, right. Uh, when when the first Star Wars came out and uh, so. 
He he told Luke he told Steven Spielberg that he had all three movies planned out and he didn't. Yeah. So they did Raiders, and uh, when they came back to do this movie, you know George Lucas had to think of something. Well, when this movie was going into production and they were trying to brainstorm and and get the because this came out in '84. Yeah, he went going through a divorce in like '82 mm-hmm. and '83, right around when he was doing Return of the Jedi as mm-hmm. well, and uh, so he was going through a divorce. And and who looks very bad in this movie? I mean, women. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. represented by Willie Scott. I mean, India straight up punches a woman in the face. <laughs> he does. I mean, I didn't think at that till just now. I mean, we laughed about it, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a laugh. Like, yeah, go India. It's like, oh, you that's just not. Like, oh, yeah, it's not right. One of those awkward laughs where you're yeah. just like, oh, I don't know how to react. Yeah, it's like. Uh, who who wrote that? I mean, you know? he, he and he turned around. He had enough time to look to see that. I know, <laughs> no woman, but and like this poor woman's just trying to make tips for her her seven brothers and sisters that live at home. So she's just trying to make some money, and she gets punched in the face, dude. Yeah. So between between the punching the women, between making Willie Scott just a annoying, helpless, irritating person as he's going through this divorce with his wife. Also, there's a lot of darkness to this. And even Steven Spielberg's like, you know, I think that that movie was ahead of its time for me. Mm-hmm. But I think it was right on time for Luke, uh, for George, because he's like, George was in a very, very yeah. dark place back yeah. then. So, uh, And if you don't know, it, it was a very nasty divorce between him and, and Marcia Lucas. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people think that she is the one, or, or credit her for actually Darth saving, oh. no, for saving Star Wars, hmm. uh, saving it in the edit because it was just a mess when it was done shooting. But yeah. she's the one that cut it up and edited it, right? So fast paced and everything. And many people say that 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 Marcia Lucas saved saved Star Wars in the yeah. edit. So. Anyways, um, so so yeah, there's there's a lot of different a lot of different uh, themes here as far as. Um, you know, fatherhood for for Indiana. Um, George Lucas was constantly he had an adopted daughter with Marcia Lucas, mm-hmm. and uh, so they were going through custody battle with that, and they got fifty fifty custody, I believe. And so he was dealing with that, and you know, I think he had eventually later on, you know, adopted other kids. But I mean, it shows how really the main the main relationship that counted in this that gave Indy heart was between him and Short Ron, and it was very much a father-son yeah. relationship. Yeah. Uh, maybe even an uncle-nephew, but kind of like a father-son relationship. Yeah. And that was, I believe, George Lucas's way of, you know, he's dealing with this problem with his wife, and, you know, they that's how he copes with it, is concentrating on his kid. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and his kid is saving him right from, from losing his collective yeah. cock eye, you know. Well, let's not waste much more time. Let's go ahead and just start getting into the movie. Right. I got some more stuff to say, but uh, we'll talk about it as we get to it. Okay. It's kind of funny because we get, we I pointed out, and you are, you noticed it as well, but you know, there's always this one big guy that he has to get past. He he defeats like thirty of. It's it's like uh, you know Mario, right? You, you go against the the kids of King Koopa, you know, to go throughout you know with the Mario video game to beat it, and then finally you fight, you know. King Koopa, you know, King Koopa. Yeah. It's like, this is the King Koopa version of that video game. Well, before he even got there, too, in Shanghai, when they had that shootout, yeah. that dude had, like, the Tommy gun, or, you know, they were riding around, and it was in everything except for Indy yeah. and the the two others and everything, yeah. and he just reached his thing, 
boom, yeah. one shot and uh-huh. taking out people. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, it's, it's not like, very easy. It's kind of funny because, like, it's you can't hit him with an arrow. You know, he gets shot by by bone arrows like constantly and just not one of them ever hits him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and but I mean, I just seriously thought about the whole, the whole, uh, part with the big guy, you know what I mean? Like the King Koopa. Yeah. You know what I mean? I even have here on my notes, the heroes are lucky that the bad guy minions are absolute morons. I think that's Lucas's call on that one because I mean, you got like stormtroopers that can't hit the, the broadside of a, a born, a barn, uh, barn. Yeah. And yet, you know, it's the same situation in all the Indiana Jones movies. They can just never hit them. Yeah. The Nazis put up a much better fight in the first movie. Yeah. You know, they, they, he was actually having some problems with them. And then the people in Cairo that he was fighting, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Belloc's people. Yeah. And then, uh, but the only one that was a threat in this movie was the big guy that was in the first one. Yeah. Right? In uh, Raiders. You yeah. Know, he was the uh, big German guy in Raiders, and then he happened to be the big uh, Indian guy here. The big and, burly guy that yeah. got smooshed. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to say if there's, I, I got to watch Crusade again, but I bet there's another. I big, bet there big is. Person. They had to bring back yeah. just to break the tradition. Yeah. I think it is. I think it's when he's running into the the main area where the cups are. Doesn't he have to, like, fight somebody on the way back or on the way in there or something like that? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll have to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, what's the song that Willie Scott sings? Remember? I Oh, Anything Goes. Yes. So the movie opens up in a nightclub, uh, Club Obi-Wan. Yes. And uh, obviously, that's a great nod to uh, to George Lucas yeah. and uh, Star Wars. And, you know, obviously, my favorite Star Wars character, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. So, um, but he, he's in there. He's just raided some other tomb mm-hmm. and brought back this, 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 this urn of ashes um, that belongs to some uh, ancient, uh, you know, Chinese hierarchy Emperor, or whatever. Yeah. So, anyways, he, he gives it to this gangster. He's a crime boss in Shanghai. His name is Lao Che. And uh, Lao Che has this lounge singer who, who works for him. Her name is Willie Scott. She's an American actress slash singer yeah. and all that. Well, she walks she's from by. Iowa, right? Because that's why she said uh, throughout the movie, she's like, uh, Missouri. Oh, Missouri. Yeah, that's right. Missouri. She's going to go back, back to, to Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> they don't make you eat snakes. And I thought she was like just trying to make him think that she was. No, but no, she was going back to be in her yeah. silly ways or whatever. Yeah. But he just, she's walking by and she's just kind of like, at first, I think Indy just kind of catches her eye and she's like, oh, he's a handsome American, you know? And uh, she's like, aren't you going to introduce me? And that's when he gives the urn. He's like, hey, you got to give me my, well, he doesn't have to give her the urn yet, but he's like, uh, I want my payment. And, uh, they're, what do they say? They weren't going to give him the payment yeah. or whatever, right? And they were going to try to do him with his gun. And so, anyways, he grabs he grabs uh, Willie Scott and holds the fork to her her side and threatens to stab her. And for some reason, Lao Che cares about it this time. No, he just wants Indy to take the drink. Well, yeah, he wants. He, this is a whole plan yes. and everything, right? Yeah. So he he spins the thing around, gives him the coins, and he's like, "No, no, 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 the diamonds, the diamonds, the diamond." And so they spin the thing back around and give him the diamonds. So he takes it out, or uh, Willie takes it out, and she's like, "Oh, this is a really big diamond." And suddenly, well, she's all, "Oh, gee. Yeah, she she's very she's very interested she's like, in man, it. And everything. I ain't giving you this diamond. Yeah. So he has a guy working inside. He has him bring over the urn. He gives it to him. Uh, the bad guys shoot his friend and um, Indy. T- but before that, Indy took a drink as kind of like a sign of trust between them. And uh, I found out that his drink was poison. And Lao Shea sh- shows him the antidote that he needs to get. 
Uh, anyway, a fight ensues. It breaks out, it and does. the diamond and the antidote both get knocked on the ground, and they're all over the floor. And as people are running and panicking, as sh- as guns are going off and fighting's going on, the both the antidote and the diamond are getting kicked all over the floor. And Willie's chasing after the diamond. She's really trying to get it, and Indy's chasing after the antidote so he doesn't die. And balloons are falling down, so you can't find anything. And ice is falling, so you can't. And find Indy the diamond. straight throws up a flaming spear into somebody's chest to start everything off. He does that. Yeah, and you made the point of imagine if you're just in the like the table like next to it or a couple feet away. You're just eating. You're like, "Uh, yeah, I'll take the uh, chicken with. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, (laughs) straight up, straight up, flaming spear through the chest, and then right, and he does that right before he spins around and lays this woman out. Yeah, uh, on the floor. You're like, right in the face. Yeah, he just punched that woman. Yeah, she's just working there to provide for her seven brothers and sisters. Right. So, um, anyways, he uh, the, he grabs uh, Willie Scott because she had grabbed the uh, the diamond went somewhere. Yeah. They could never find that yeah. again. Somehow but, it looks just like the ice, which it looked nothing like. No, ice. it didn't. But it did probably get buried in the balloon. Yeah, so, right. but um, so Willie uh, did does find the antidote and kind of just sticks it in her dress and everything. And uh, Andy grabs her and they jump off the building, hit a few little canopies on the way down, and then fall through a waiting car yeah. where we meet Short Round. That was pretty good timing. It was very good timing. And as soon as I saw Short Round doing it when I was watching this, I just smiled so big because he's just so awesome and he's yeah. so funny. And he's Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. <laughs> I'll let you say it in this episode. I, I'll get it out of my system. That's right. It's not the last time that it'll be happening. <laughs> Mister. Mister. Oh, Mr. Wait. You call me Dr. Jones. But I mean, he just, he's always so happy to be around Indy. And he really, I think, does see him as like a father figure. Right. So he's always looking up. And if you'll notice when they're talking with the shaman, Mm -hmm. he, you know, he has on Indy's hat and Indy crosses his fingers and is looking and, you know, uh, short round crosses his fingers just like his and just this real pensive look, just like Indy does. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just always copying him and everything. But yeah. Um, so, uh, anyways, they, they get out of the club and they start uh, chasing through Shanghai, um, and uh, they get to this airport so they can get out of here, and we get, out of nowhere, this weird Dan Aykroyd cameo. Where the heck did that come from? I, I forget it every time. Like, I seriously could watch the movie now, and then in about six months, I'll forget that Dan Aykroyd was in this film. And I'm sorry, but that, that, that uh, British accent that he was doing, I was just like, oh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it still was pretty good, though. I mean, it wasn't know? bad or whatever, but I mean, you could definitely tell it was somebody putting on an accent. Yeah. You know, you know, I was like three years old when this movie came out. Yeah, because it came out in 84, right? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Short round was... Uh, 13? See. Yeah, 13. Let, let me talk about him real quick, um, because he has something <clears throat> going on right now. He's, you know, back in the... Uh, I guess what do you call it? The the Hollywood limelight. The saddle. Yeah, back in the saddle. Yeah. His, so his thing was he was on a, um, <coughs> you know, he he did his acting and everything when he was younger, but then he stopped, and you know, he had a few roles here up until like two thousand two or something. Well, he like had that. extremely iconic roles too. You know, with Short Round, one of them, and then and then Data mm-hmm. in in Goonies. I mean, they were extremely. I mean, they're legendary roles. That's know? what I'm saying. But then he like it seemed like he just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he kind of did. He had a couple things up until 2002, but mainly just kind of like crew type stuff. Yeah. Um, but so he went and saw. Uh, oh yeah, and he was in Encino Man too. He had a very small role mm-hmm. in that. But um, he went and saw Crazy Rich Asians, which was what 2018, something yeah. like that. 
But he said he cried. He saw the movie twice, cried both times, and he's just mm-hmm. like, you know, he cried because there's never been a movie like that before, and it was great. And because he wanted, it made him want to be up there again doing yeah. that. It made him sad that he had never pursued that career, or it was at least never, because he said it was hard for a Chinese actor to get uh, roles and everything. So he said he was he was sad that he never got to really pursue that and, and to do that kind of a movie and, you know, the kind of pop culture and everything that we have nowadays. So... Um, so he, you know, called people up, started talking to agents, and was like, I want to get back into this. And now he's in this movie that just came out this year called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And right now, it's like the hottest thing out there right now. Yeah. You know, people are losing their minds over this. It's kind of like a multiverse movie, like the Spider-Verse or, or yeah. Doctor Strange or whatever. But it, it, it's like not comic booky. Yeah. But they're still like fighting and everything. And I saw this one scene of Kihui Kwan that was where he was fighting. He just he did an amazing job. Yeah, and you got M- M- Michelle Yeoh in there. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh. I think she's the main person. Her husband uh, is possessed by an alternate dimension version of her husband. Because yeah. I guess you can visit dimensions, but you don't physically go there. Your consciousness yeah. just fills the body in that dimension. Gotcha. So it's like one of those things. And there's like one person going around killing. All the different versions of those two people, or maybe just believe her that or same something. same thing happened on the Flash. <laughs> maybe, and it's probably like an evil version of her yeah. that's killing yeah. other versions of themselves. Something like sliders that. that happened. Also, I think uh, what else? It's probably happened everywhere. Quite often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but anyway, so they get into the uh, they get into the plane, but uh, and he kind of mocks them as he's leaving, uh, but he doesn't see that it's it's uh, Lao Che's plane so they take off the pilot sabotage and dump the fuel and parachute out and indy wakes or willie wakes indy up and they have to get out of there and we're left with one of the most implausible things to happen in an india joke it's kind of like you know jumping the shark with with uh happy days or uh nuking the fridge nuking the, the fridge the entire movie of Sharknado <laughs> but I mean this is like right a grounded movie with something that's like completely ridiculous that's what jumping the shark means it's like, I know okay Sharknado yeah. is also the most ridiculous thing and one of the newer one of the newer versions of that is nuking the fridge when because of what happened Indeed. in Crystal yeah. Skull because it's like just they're like well it's lead line oh okay well that means it survives nuclear explosion yeah how did this stay closed <laughs> you know we're talking about Thousands lead when you're talking times. about radiation yeah. not the actual yeah. blast so right Right, so, but it's it's the scene where they fall in a raft from the plane. I will say that watching the shot, because you actually, it's a it's a one single shot, and I'm sure maybe there's some camera magic or a little Hollywood magic to make it look like that. But one single shot of the the uh, the the raft coming out of the plane, them dropping in it, and it finally finally airing all the way up and you know and then the hopeful hero music starts playing when it does that but I mean it's staying upright I don't know how they got it to yeah. stay upright not to like flip right. or whatever but it stayed upright and it landed it didn't look like it landed too hard either so I mean it was like like I know that that's implausible and they probably slowed it down or whatever but I mean it made it look very plausible except for when they start riding down the mountain and they went off that other cliff <laughs> that was that was way ridiculous even though they hit the water yeah it was just just ridiculous and they hit the waterfall and they go down even further and i don't know how the hat his hat is keeping it yeah. shaped throughout all this or they didn't lose like anything else you know yeah like, because they're supposed to have all their stuff with them right because yeah. you know when they get to the palace he changes into a suit and he has his glasses how did his glasses not break Who knows it's all yeah i don't know 
So, anyways, they um, they they ride down the uh, the river and they're uh, they don't know where they are until he looks up and he sees a shaman and he's like, "Oh, we're in India." Yeah. And so um, they follow the shaman who's asking him to, uh, them to follow him, and they, they arrive in this village in India, or uh, I guess it's. I don't know if it's supposed to be India and they filmed in Sri Lanka or if it was filmed in Sri Lanka and it's supposed to be Sri Lanka. Mm. So, well, Remember, he was trying to get to New Delhi. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I guess the, it's based in India, but it was only filmed in Sri Lanka yeah. because they're at the village that they arrive at is Mayapur and right. uh, they're trying to get to Delhi. Uh, they need a guide to get to Delhi and that's why they follow that shaman there because they want to see if they can get... Um, at this time, it probably wouldn't be New Delhi. It'd be regular, de- just Delhi. Yeah, probably old Delhi or, old Delhi. or uh, average lifespan yeah. Delhi. Old Delhi means. You know, mid midlife crisis Delhi. Yes. Something like that. Away, Teenager that Delhi. Delhi. Yeah, you got to. Refrigerator. Especially if it's those olive, that date. olive loaf. Yeah, like edit this yeah. out, this whole thing out. <laughs> Uh, so they go to this village, and the village doesn't have any greenery. All their crops and all their their wildlife or uh, or plant life has died. And uh, they're explained that um, the the nearby palace, Pankot Palace, um, is reawakened again because it was supposed to be abandoned. And that's what Indy said. I thought it was abandoned. Uh, they said it was reawakened and evil has woken up there. And the people that practiced that came to the village and said, you'll worship our God. And it's, uh, you know, it's not uh, Shiva or whatever. So they know, no, we're not going to worship your God. So it's Kali, right? <clears throat> yeah. Kali is the evil one. So they end up kidnapping all the kids in that village and they take the sacred stone that's supposed to protect that village. So this whole time they uh, they're asking Indy and he's kind of just listening, but they're like, "This is what you're gonna do," and he's like, uh, uh. "But the whole he's never actually said, yeah, I'll do it.' He hasn't he hasn't uh, committed to it yet. Yeah. He's not sure what he should do, but he knows that these sacred stones are, uh, you know, they call it the Shivalinga. Um, the next scene shows this 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 uh malnourished and dehydrated kid that's just weak and he's got scars all of him from beating just stumbling his way back into the village and he's got this fabric and he falls into indiana's arms and gives him the 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 fabric and says shankara shankara and indiana hands the kid over to his family member and unfolds the little fabric and it shows that this stone is actually one of the lost Shankara stones which is huge in the archaeology community mm-hmm. in this movie or whatever yeah but uh, it's huge in the community and that's when he goes oh my gosh this is Shankara and then when Short Ryan kind of asks him about it he's like what's Shankara he, uh, Indy just says fortune and glory kid fortune and glory and so you find out that he wasn't really interested in helping them when it was just a sacred stone that they were talking about. But then as soon as he found out what it is and it could bring him fame and glory and all that kind of stuff, because this is the Indiana Jones, you know, before he stopped being a scoundrel. Yeah. So he's like, oh, and that's when he decided to do it. Is when he's before he met Leia. But before he met Leia or before he re-met Marion. Because if you remember in, in Raiders, he was really kind of like standoffish against the girls in class who were like flirting with him and yeah. stuff. Like he didn't want to have anything to do with that. Right. So he had to have a change or whatever. So this is that this is that old that old indie. 
Um, so anyways, they, they go on this journey and there's a few funny things that happen. They stop to make camp. Like she gets thrown off an elephant. They stop to make camp and it really sets up kind of the comedy in this movie with having her running around all the edges of the camp because, you know, the camp is the only safe spot and he even keeps trying to tell her stay close to the fire because every time she goes this way, she runs into some kind of animal and it makes her scream and run that way. And then she runs into some kind of animal and Mm -hmm. the whole thing is pretty funny but I mean she does get grading after a while yeah. what do you got two six uh-huh, three aces I win two more games I have all your money ha 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 it's poker shorty anything can happen where did you find your uh, little bodyguard I didn't find him I caught him what Shorty's family were killed when the Japanese bombed Shanghai he's been living on the streets since he was four <laughs> I caught him trying to pick my pocket didn't I, short stuff? The biggest trouble with her is the noise. Yeah, and then she grabs the snake and just tosses it. Very unhelpful person whatsoever. <clears throat> very, very. Um, so then they or they arrive they they arrive at Pancot Palace. Uh, they pass this little idol with like severed fingers yeah. and all this kind of stuff before they get it. And that's when you know, okay, we're getting into dark stuff. But we also see a bit of paternal instinct from Indy as he tells Short Run, don't come up here. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just letting him be exposed to that, he's trying to shield him because he's still a kid and everything. Yeah. So uh, we get to Pancot Palace, Palace, and what did you think of this this whole eating scene? It's pretty iconic, right? Yes, very iconic. I mean, especially with you know the snakes, and and I kind of feel like I don't think those were snakes. I think those were eels. Yeah, the eels that were coming out of the snakes or whatever. Yeah, I don't think those were snakes. I mean, if they were, then I mean, obviously they probably weren't real. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they they get in there. Um, you know, I, I wanted to say this too. I forgot to say. You know, the tuxedo he was first wearing in the, the. You know, I don't know where he got this suit and the glasses. What he was wearing in there. I know that they had their. You know, he's always telling short run get our stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> or at least he told him that at least twice in this movie. But you know, you don't really see it much unless he's just carrying it in his little pouch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how is he fitting all his clothes and his glasses in there? But. Yeah. Um, they, the I first see the clo- I could see the glasses definitely. Sure, sure. If he has like a hard case yeah. or something, and, that, and that I mean but that that guy in that Indian guy, he uh, he kind of had a suit. You know, he you never know. I mean, he he might have been close to his size or might have extra suits. There but I mean, or something. We're, we're down to like Indy apparently even has toiletries because he's asking <clears throat> short round, "Where's my razor?" Yeah. So he's yeah. even taking his toiletries with him. This is true. So, who knows? But in the first uh, scene, the the suit that he's in in that scene, the white suit with the red flower and everything, it's an exact copy of what Sean Connery wore in Goldfinger, yeah. who would eventually go on to play his dad in the third mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. But, um, you know, this was also supposed to, you know, George Lucas wanted to make Indiana Jones in the first one like a womanizer, like a James Bond type of thing. and. Steven Spielberg said no, but then they're like, okay, well, let's do it in the prequel and say that he was headed that way until until he changed or whatever. But he had the exact same uh, uh, suit, so it was definitely an homage or whatever. Homage. Homage. Um, so anyways, they get into the palace and they they, uh, they, they have all the bad food there and they don't want to eat any of the bugs. Disgusting and everything. But it's a, it's a way to get the exposition of the scene out while having some humor or whatever because we're not going to do an action right now, so we still got to keep it interesting. Yeah. Um, they even talked about doing a... Uh, 
oh what was it? oh a tiger hunt scene and instead of and Steven Spielberg's like I'm not going to be in India long enough to film that yeah so yeah. instead of the tiger hunt they did the uh, mm. they did the the bug thing um, the bug thing the bug thing uh, and then uh, you know you have Indy talking about well you know uh, that's when they started talking about the Shankara and the representative for the uh, the Maharaja who was just a kid uh, but both Ma- the Maharaja and the representative keep swearing that none of that stuff's going on. Um, the the whole worshiping Kali and that cult are, is called, it's called a thuggy cult. Yeah. And uh, you know, back in the day, they used to perform these rituals, human sacrifices, and worship to Kali and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but they're swearing that none of that goes on here. Yeah. Uh, Indy's a little dubious about that. <laughs> So, anyways, then we come to our little romantic scene with Indiana and and Willie back in their rooms, right? Uh-huh. What did you think of this scene? Well, it was it was, you know it was kind of a needed scene. You know, you needed to have like that tension because it kind of broke up the mood a little bit. You know, it went it it was pretty dark already. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was pretty. You know, tri- child slavery and things like this. You know, we already see that. We already know that's happening. Kids getting kidnapped. You know, they're being poor people giving them, you know, their last bit of food kind of thing. It's real dark. And then, so you needed a little bit of a pick me up, a pick me up. And I think that that's what the scene represented. Yeah. Did you like how they portrayed Harrison Ford in like a completely different light than he was in With Raiders? Because yeah. Raiders, he was very respectable. You know, kind of an upstanding guy. And this one, you're like, oh, he's like kind of a sweet talking, uh, you know, like that one scene where, you know, he's like, Wear your jewels to bed, princess? Yeah. And nothing else. That shock you? Nothing shocks me. I'm a scientist. So, as a scientist, you do a lot of research? Always. And what sort of research would you do on me? Nocturnal activities. You mean like what sort of cream I put on my face at night? What position I like to sleep in? Mating customs. Love rituals? Primitive sexual practices. So you're an authority in that area? Years of field work. She was playing along too, and then it was like, he hit a certain point where it was like, not funny or something, but it was like, it was kind of weird because then he said, you know, her her palace slave, you know, called him his palace no, slave. No, well, what happened was first he's like, years of field work. I mean, I thought that was a great line. But then whenever he's closing the doors, he's like, well, I'll let you know. Oh, like, I've had plenty of experience, so I'll let you know in the morning. Yeah. And that pissed her off. I can be hard to handle. I've had worse. But you'll never have better. I don't know. As a scientist, I don't want to prejudice my experiment. I'll let you know in the morning. Why, you conceited ape. I'm not that easy. I'm not that easy either. Trouble with you is Wilfie. You're too used to getting your own way. And you're just too proud to admit that you're crazy about me, Dr. Jones. If you want me, Willie, you know where you can find me. Five minutes. You'll be back over here in five minutes. I'll be asleep in five minutes. Five. You know it, and I know it. Because which is which is like, 
Like well, they were headed that way your, anyway. Yeah, you're you're planning this as well. So why are you getting offended? I think it was because like he's acting superior and he's like, I'll let you know what your grade is, that type of thing. <laughs> so she's probably like, No, 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 get yeah. out of here. Mm-hmm. So they both tell each other, Oh, you'll be at my door in five minutes and they do this cute thing where they're both in their own rooms and they're talking to themselves. It's 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 like an old school you know, an old school noir movie, you know, romance with, with the two or, or a romantic movie where, mm-hmm. you know, they're playing these silly games and talking to themselves. Oh, he'll come back in five minutes. And then, of course, he gets attacked in his room. That was pretty creepy. That guy that came out of the painting with the people I know, the because like you didn't really notice it. You know it was going to happen because we'd seen it, you know, a couple of times. But it was just really weird because like. It was really well shot. Yeah. You know I mean, when I watched it, because I watched it twice, I watched this uh, the day before yesterday, and then we watched it again today, and I, I forgot both times. Even this time, like right before it happened, that's when I remembered, but I was I was remembering just as it flashed to that scene, and then, and then I had enough time to really look and saw him coming out of the painting already. Yeah. Or whatever, but that's where uh, Harrison Ford actually injured his back really good. Oh, you know, you know, this is also the film, first film that, uh, yeah, and he had to be flown to L.A. for that, too, to, to get checked out. Yeah, but he was so ripped and in shape that he said that his actually his recovery was very quick, too, because he knew he was going to have a shirt off for a lot of this movie. So he got with a personal trainer. Steven Spielberg even started doing it with him. I'm going to train with yeah. you. He only lasted for like a couple of weeks before he yeah. stopped or whatever. But, yeah, he was so he was such in good shape that his back injury actually only lasted for a few weeks and they were able to shoot right. other stuff while he was out. But what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say this is the first film that like d- there's really no mention of the arc. You know, out of all the Indiana Jones films, did uh, they mention the Ark in this in in Last Crusade? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually on the facts on here. It was saying that it's the first film that uh, it does not show any show or make any reference to the Ark of the Covenant. If you think about it, because you know it's supposed to be the prequel. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but. Uh, He's not really interested in... Yeah, he hasn't found it yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's like... Because it's one of those things that, you know, they have to study all kinds of artifacts. And then it's only whenever they're mentioned or he happens upon it, he's like, oh, yeah, I've read about this. And that's kind of how the Raiders was presented. Mm -hmm. It was never like he was... It wasn't like his dad. Because remember, his dad was a expert on the the Holy Grail. Yeah. Like, he was like the foremost expert in the world on the Holy Grail. Yeah. And uh, Indy was kind of an expert of everything. You know, Mm -hmm. a jack of all trades more. So... Right. So anyways, uh, he goes to check on Willie's room to make sure that there's nobody in there to attack her. In doing so, he finds the entry into uh, the first part of the temple, the uh, the titular uh, temple of doom. Right. And uh, so they, they find a passageway into there, and uh, he's like, sure to go get our stuff again. And when when they come in, there's like the shot of him with his silhouette, and I was telling you like this during the movie, mm-hmm. that it's just so cool because you see him coming in and he just doesn't look right. It's yeah. just like like there's just something slightly off and you see it in his hand, you see the hat, and he, the way he slips it on and then kind of pulls the bill down a bit, then you just see the silhouette. It's just so iconic, that right, silhouette, right, and that right. leather jacket, you know? Yeah. So that's when they go and they get trapped in the chamber because he tells... He tells Short Round, you know, stay behind me, step where I step, and don't touch anything. And then Shorty doesn't stay behind him. He touches something that that he wasn't supposed to, and he didn't step where Indy stepped. Because yeah. uh, he ended up stepping on this thing that cl- that locked him in this room. And <laughs> finally, Indiana's like, just get against the wall. Stop. Look, just stand up against the wall, will you? And then he laid against the wall, and it started bringing the spikes up and down. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> Did short rounds like <laughs> That's when he starts calling Willie and she comes in and you know he's like she's like there are two dead people down here there are gonna be two dead people in here hurry i've almost had enough of you two and then uh, he's like we're gonna die that whole part oh man it's hilarious because she's got all the bugs you know that kate cashaw actually did have like over a thousand bugs put on her insects and <clears throat> They had to give her some uh, some sedatives. Sedatives. <laughs> we'll just say that. Well, they, they gave her some sedatives, yeah. and she just when they asked her about it, she just said they worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she was able to handle the bugs. That's uh, and you know, we, of course, we got our we got you got to have a creepy crawly with each movie, right? In the first movie, it was snakes. In this movie, it's bugs. And in Last Crusade, I think it's rats, and then there might be some other stuff yeah. or whatever. But I know rats is a big one there. Um, so anyways, they continue on in the temple and then they find the actual temple with the, the it's an underground temple with a river of lava flowing mm-hmm. below it. Um, and you have all these people worshiping and they're, or they're worshiping this God, Kelly. They bring out a human sacrifice, which looks like an older child, an older child, you know, maybe Schneider. a 15 or 16 like year Rob old Schneider or something. Me. Probably one of the older kids from the 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 mines and they they do have the kids down in the mines they're looking for more of the stones because there's five of the lost stones Mm -hmm. in total the village had one uh these people here in this palace found two somewhere else so they have three in total and they're actually missing two more so they're trying to have the kids dig for more but they got these three for now and it's good for their rituals or whatever trace So they watch. They watch this kid, this this kid uh, get strapped up to this thing. The main, uh, I don't know what would you call him, uh, the the main thuggy guy. I guess he'd be a high thuggy. priest. Yeah. So the thuggy uh, high priest uh, Mola Ram, he uh, pushes punches his hand in the into Indy's heart and pulls it or Indy uh, into this kid's heart uh, chest and pulls out the heart. And then the chest seals itself. That's a little weird, right? You know, the person doesn't die. Yeah. I guess it's just part of the ritual or whatever. Yeah. I think, um, and uh, I think that's probably where they got the, like, fatalities for Mortal Kombat <laughs> from. Fatality. Yeah. He sh- it would have been awesome if you would have said that, like, right after he pulled out the heart out of the chest. Fatality. <laughs> as long as they're not doing babalities. Well, that's true. Or, you know. Uh, yeah. do any of this Sonya Blade uh, fatalities because that's basically just kicking people in the nuts you know <laughs> right in the right in the junk in the junk you know uh, Lawrence Kasdan who wrote the screenplay you know George Lucas wrote the story and then the screenwriter you know writes the screenplay of the lines and how the whole thing's gonna go or whatever Lawrence Kasdan yeah. who wrote the screenplay uh, he was just appalled by the story the cultism the cannibalism or child labor slave labor human sacrifice all that and yeah. that's why he didn't return to do this so, you know, you got this guy punching and like from this moment on, it's just dark, dark, dark until Indy turns dark, dark, dark. dark until he turns back, uh, yeah. back to the light or whatever. Um, but we see Indy go to the dark side. So they watch this uh, guy. He gets his heart pulled out. He gets dropped into the lava. He burns up and they all walk away and go, you know, I don't know, go back Break to their, room, their get business some coffee. lives. They put their white tie, yeah. white shirt and tie, go back into the, the office. And yeah. 
do some work or whatever. Go to the soda machine. Quick little human sacrifice for lunch lunch break or whatever. So uh, they go into, uh, they leave. And so (laughs) so Andy's like, so you guys stay up here because they're watching from this little perch up in a rock. And so he's like, you guys stay here. I'm going to go get these stones. So he goes down there, he swings over, grabs the stones. He's ready to go. But then he hears screaming down in the... uh, the uh, the mines and the, where the the kids are being beaten and driven to slavery, yeah. so he gets mad and throws at a rock at a guard because he's real smart like that, and lets everybody knows that he's yeah. there. And uh, he gets captured. Willie gets captured. Short ground gets captured. Um, Willie's taken away to be a prisoner. Uh, uh, Indy and Short Round are whipped, and it's real dark. And Indy's like, "Leave him alone!" And you know they're both getting whipped and. Uh, they force uh, Indy to drink this blood that uh, brainwashes him. And we find mm-hmm. out that actually everybody's been brainwashed by yeah. this high priest. Inclu- including the uh, kid. Maharaja. Maharaja. Yeah, yeah. Including the Maharaja. Been, everybody's been been brainwashed uh, for this Kali thing. So you know it's not real. Um, they've just drank too much of the Kool-Aid is what it is. And they gave they gave Indy some of the Kool-Aid. This uh, bloody, blood-tasting Kool-Aid. But they, they, they brainwash Indy and uh, that scene of him turning with his voice echoing like you know and the music is still building up and building up and building up with the chanting and everything and i'm like good grief i'm like i don't, I don't know if i feel comfortable with the boys watching this it's just getting worse and worse right and uh so we <laughs> i'm gonna be one of those outraged parents i want a pg-13 rating so Wait, it does have one yeah so we got well no because remember this one didn't but afterwards they had it but th- so now we get bizarre- because of this one yeah we get bizarro indie now you know the 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 evil indie and they yeah. say that nothing can change him once they've drank the blood Except so the fire right and so he wants nothing to do with with uh, data anymore i mean short round yeah. and so uh, short round gets thrown down into the mines and uh he, st- he has to do you know join the children's slave labor but he breaks his chains which how come he is the only one of the kids to figure that out? Because they've probably just been beaten. Down. Well, for one, they have no strength, right? They're yeah. starving and they're thirsty, and they so they have no strength to do what he's doing. And they've probably just been beaten so many times they dare not do it. Right. Um, but, you know, this kid is full of spunk, and spunk. he's just, just ready to go, and he's got to save his best friend, Indy. Right. Little father figure and everything. So... He breaks it. Uh, meanwhile, Indiana uh, is uh, joining the cultists in uh, tying up Willie to this cage. I'm not going to have anything nice to say about this place when I get back. Indy! For God's sake, help me! What's the matter with you? And uh, she's like, save me. But, you know, he's fully into it and everything. strap her down they start lowering her into the lava and uh short round comes out of nowhere and starts kicking people yeah saving the day again and right. he goes he grabs a torch goes up to india like taking grown-ass men uh, i know out, like, like we're talking like with these four Bruce to Lee five kicks. times like at a time he's doing like like the, f- the spin kicks and stuff yeah i mean right? like if you were probably counting he probably took down more people than indy did almost and probably yeah and, or at least intentionally yeah they <laughs> see him in the goonies and he gets taken by uh taken by some fat lady and and some 
idiotic children in Goonies, and he's he's just taken over by them, but he's able to beat up some, like, crazy, crazy cultists. Yeah, you know, Short Rod rocks because he's not an annoying kid that Indy is basically having to drag around everywhere. You yeah, know? he's safe. Yeah, exactly, and and, and always in uh, trouble. Or Indy. He's actually very resourceful. He's funny. He's extremely helpful. He's always saving yeah. him and Willie. Um I don't know. I just get, and it gives us to see a chance for for to to see Andy as a father figure as well. Yeah. I mean, we kind of got a little bit of that in Crystal Skull, but you know, a father figure to a young young yeah. kid or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, and there's like a re, kind of a reoccurring joke of short short round kind of taking care of business and Andy only looking when the business is done and thinking short rounds just playing around like when he's fighting that kid, uh, the Maharaja and everything. So. Um, Quit playing around with that kid. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he, uh, Indy slaps or backhands uh, uh, short, short round. round to begin with. And so short round, for some reason, is the only one to think, oh, let's try fire. Yeah. He grabs a torch, burns some guys, and then burns Indy, and Indy's back. And then the music starts yeah. again, and Indy's fighting against everybody and everything. And, of course, uh, Harrison Ford is ripped for this uh-huh. part. And uh, so he's taking care of business. Uh, they bring Willie back up. <laughs> Short rounds to taking taking care of business, like we said, just kicking the crap out of people. He never hits anybody, but he kicks it. He, he keeps doing spin kicks yeah. on people and everything. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, they got to get out of there, and they're they grab the stones, and they're like, he's like, let's get everybody out of here. And so they're they're freeing the kids too. They uh-huh. they break them all out of chains, uh, but then all the people come, uh, all the the uh, the cultist uh, fighters and everything, and the Maharaja's soldiers, they all come after uh, Indian them. And so there's a huge fight where Indy's fighting the big guy from the tank scene again, uh, dressed up as an Indian dude, which, you know, we kind of talked about already. Uh, once that guy gets crushed, they all get into this mine cart to get out of there. And this is an epic set piece as well, right? This mine yeah. cart scene lasts for like five minutes straight. And it's just nothing but action and them jumping around from car to car and, you know, speeding around. And I'm like, man, it's a great it's a great set piece and one of the best. You know, you have the chase scene in, in Raiders. You have the the chase scene and tank scene and uh, going off the cliff scene in uh, Last Crusade. And you got the mine car scene in this one. And it stands up just as well as the others and maybe even one of the tops. Yeah. You know, so. And, you know, when they were in there and they had that dinner of gross bugs and stuff, they met this British colonel who's always doing inspections over mm-hmm. there. It's always checking in and yeah, all that stuff. So as they cross the bridge, uh, they're being kind of flanked by by all of the, the um, oh gosh, what's the... Uh, the Mola Ram, the high priest, mm-hmm. all his forces, they're coming at him. Everybody's on the bridge, including the Mola Ram and uh, Short Round and Willie. And so Indiana tells Short Round in Chinese, hey, I'm going to cut the bridge. Hang on. Hello, lady. We go for white. Oh, my God. Kali. 
Yeah. And so and he's like, uh, hang on. And she's like, oh, no, screaming, of course. <laughs> and uh, so he cuts the bridge and they all fly. And then there's this huge scene of them trying to get up the thing. And there's alligators down there. It's great. Yeah. It's yeah. just great. And I thought they did pretty good for the special. Oh, things. I agree. You know, there's a few times during this movie where you can tell they're standing in front of green screen, or yeah. green screen and all that. But like when they're the water's going out and they're climbing up the side. Of the oh, yeah. Yeah. When he's climbing up that, that was side. Ki- that was kind of bad. On it that was one. pretty bad on yeah. there. But I mean, you know, back then it might have been like, hey, that's not you, know, you yeah. probably still would be able to see bad. it. But you wouldn't know anything better. Right. 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 You know, because they didn't have any of that. So. Um, in the last bit, um, just as Indy's getting up and, and the uh, the forces are about to come after him, then the British forces come out of nowhere, right. take control Save of everything. Him. Yeah, and Indy is able to uh, get up. The Molaram falls down, gets eaten by alligators, and Indy saves the one rock to take back to the village. Yeah. They take the rock back to the village, and you know this it's is already all prosperous. Yeah, yeah. It's it, you know this movie took place overnight. They were only there yeah. for a day or two. I know. And somehow overnight everything came back green and lush They're and all happy, and, and, and their skin looks better. I mean, over overnight. And they didn't even get the rock back yet. No, I yeah, know. So, but they did what? say we knew. And did you know that 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 um, shaman? Who talked to Indy and he would talk like the real in deal. like broken sentences. Yeah. He didn't speak any English. Spielberg was he, back there. Yeah, right? he just did like the phonetically, just saying, okay, just make these sounds, uh-huh. which obviously sounds like yeah. English words. And that's why there was broken up in his language because Steven Spielberg would just say it, and, ah, da, da, and he'd be like, nah, nah, nah. he'd just be repeating what Steve Spielberg said. Yeah, so it wasn't like paused for effect, more yeah. so as paused for the next line. But it worked. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it, it made it seem like, you know, you were hanging on his every yeah. word and all that. So, and of course, there's the uh, the scene between uh, Indiana and he throws his whip around her and pulls him close. and let's go to Delhi now classic you know she wants to go back to Missouri and all that so you know I just get the sense of Indian Willie they're never going to be in a relationship start a relationship Uh, and that's not what that kiss at the end was about either you know they're back they're both attracted to each other purely physically and that's it yeah that's it they can't stand each other any other way but they're just attracted to each other physically you know that kiss is just kind of you know getting it out of the way and and you know it might even be more later on or whatever mm-hmm. but i mean uh you know and and we asked a question last episode well what happened to willie scott if yeah. that was a prequel and uh like you were mentioning before they were uh went in the script for kingdom of crystal skull before it got to the final script there was a line in there where he said uh, i haven't seen scotty and uh, willie in a while uh i heard she married some big shot director mm-hmm. which as people may know kate capshaw did marry steven spielberg Correct. uh but it works for the movie too because yeah. she's you know singer and stuff but uh and that's the movie yeah great movie i i, I get people's concerns about it it's it's darker it's definitely darker than the other two uh not as much light moments and just an adventure movie it's, mm-hmm. pra- it's basically the the horror movie of of the indiana jones uh and it really was i wasn't watching i'm like yeah this does feel like a horror movie mm-hmm. at least uh you know the middle part of it and everything yeah so um this is what happens when George Lucas is in a very dark place. <laughs> yeah. He makes a lot of kid content, mm-hmm. Star Wars and Willow and the other Indiana Jones and everything. But and then the crusade comes in. It's like a lot more brighter. Well, they, they say that, that the last crusade was like Steven Spielberg's apology tour. Yeah. 
Because, you know, people were like, well, because, I mean, he just redid it, you know. He just redid it like they redid yeah. Star Wars, you know. Yeah. It was like, okay, it's Indiana Jones. He's going against the Nazis again. There's another MacGuffin. And, like, it almost, like, paces the exact yeah. same way yeah. or whatever. So, anyways, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, these are all on Amazon, but I think they're part of Paramount. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have a, a subscription of Paramount on there. So, you guys, Correct. if you have the Paramount app you can find these uh for free on that uh or you can rent them on amazon if you'd like to but if you haven't watched this movie since you were younger watch it again because uh, i know that there's a lot of people out there that was always like oh and they were always told skip that one it's it's the worst yeah. one and so a lot of us just skipped it our whole lives mm-hmm. but we we understand now that it's there's a lot to it and and yes it's darker and maybe they could have done something or should have done something different but it's okay that they did this because yes, we got something completely different from the first one. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a re- it wasn't a retread, and it's it gives us a little bit of connection between the old. It shows us a little bit of what the old India is, mm-hmm. and maybe what what gave him the sense to to be more respectable about relics or just be a more respectable guy in general. Yeah, maybe Willie Scott turned him away from being a womanizer forever. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, what would you rate? The, how many how many whips would you give this movie? Oh wait, we don't do ratings here. No, what am I talking about? But I'd give it about eighteen seventy four. And you don't know what my total or what my max is, so you don't know what mine. We is. should just start doing that since we don't rips. give ratings and we hate ratings. We should just start just throwing out random numbers, yeah. but like never say out of whatever. Yes, yeah, so it'll be like rips. I give that uh, one hundred eighty three. I give it a 74. But it could be out of 184. It could be out of 870,000. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it could be out of, yeah, I'm going to start doing that. I give this, I give this uh, 28 whips. I give it 74. 74. Okay. You went a lot higher than I did. Yeah, I did. Well, or depends. did I? Or did you? Did you? If you guys want to get a hold of us, we're on all social media at The Post Credit Podcast, except for Twitter. We're at The Post Credit. Our email address is thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website. It's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com, and we're on YouTube. We appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time. And throw me a bone.